Hey guys, this is Nisha from So Here's What Happened and Did You Have To? Throughout the month of October, podcasts like ours and others in the But Why the Geek community are fundraising for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital so that all kids can enjoy the spookiness of Halloween without the scariness of childhood cancer. You can donate now at stjude.org slash but why though. If you're interested and want to learn more about how gamers and content creators worldwide are supporting the kids of St. Jude, you can do that at playlive.stjude.org. Did You Have To is a proud member of the Bawaido podcast community. Welcome back to Did You Have To, the podcast where two bad bitches talk about anime. And here are your hosts, Kate and Nisha. Yeah! Nisha's quirk, Stress Ball. By internalizing her stress about the world being in chaos and crime, she converts that stress into a superpower, becoming a badass. Kate's quirk, Waifu Warrior. By just watching her favorite shows, she can manifest real or fictional characters into the real thing. They come to life and fight by her side. Not every character does it, though. She has to find the individual really hot. Yeah! Hey, everyone. Today, we have an episode that we've been waiting for because we didn't know if we were going to get to see this movie. But Nisha has brought it up on pretty much every time, every episode that she could bring it up. And today we're talking Lupin the Third, the First. I've waited so long for this moment. (laughs) First off, I just want to say dreams come true. And Kay is the best friend ever. Because she knew how badly I wanted to watch this movie. And now that it is finally coming out in the United States, because it came out last December in Japan and at a few film festivals, but Corona tried to stop me from like from achieving this goal. And I, I like I literally cried watching this movie because I was so happy, y'all. She did. I, I asked her, Nisha, are you crying? And she's like, no. <laughs> I will explain why my eyes got a little watery at the end because. It matters. But yes, <laughs> we're finally talking about Lupin the Third, the first. And we're also going to probably dive into like, why do we find Lupin the Third attractive? Because on some level, we shouldn't. But at the same time, it's like, no, nah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> but before all that, I'm going to sum up the movie. Because if Nisha did it, we would be here all day. We would. I would recount every <laughs> scene by the minute. So for those of you who don't know, Lupin the Third, the first is obviously from Japan. It's put out by G Kids in uh, G Kids Films in the United States. And it is a film by Takashi uh, Yamazaki based on Monkey Punch's characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so the iconic gentleman thief Lupin the Third returns in an action-packed continent spanning adventure as Lupin the Third and his colorful underworld companions race to uncover the secrets of a mysterious Brezen diary before it falls into the hands of a dark cabal that will stop at nothing to resurrect the Third Reich. The gang undertakes trap-filled tombs, aerial escapades, and daring prison escapes with a trademark wit and visual finesse that have made Lupin the Third one of the most storied animation franchises in the world in a thrilling new caper that is sure to delight fans old and new and before Nisha starts talking because I can tell she's holding herself back 
I don't remember what day we said we were going to put out this episode, <clears throat> but it is in theaters October 18th uh, in the dub and October 21st with the sub. So if you miss it after you listen to this, you can always go watch it. However, use your best guidance and do not get COVID. Yes. Be careful. I'm, I'm not going to go to a theater because we got the opportunity to see it. <laughs> I will immediately buy it as soon as I can. Um, but I think everyone should go and support this in whatever safe way possible. Yeah. Also to Safely. preface this, because I don't want anybody getting the wrong idea. We were able to work with G kids films to yes. acquire a screener, to review the film, both in written and podcast. So yeah, we don't promote illegal pirating of things. Yes. Thank you for clarifying that. Cause I would assume they would have gotten that from the fact that we are reviewing this and also the opportunity but yeah cool yay so now i can do it yes now you can do it i just think <laughs> i wish this was a live podcast because nisha's face right now <laughs> it's first off it's the light that makes my face look shiny right now but anyways <laughs> i just meant you're like i know you're holding so much emotion in and just like i can tell that you're trying to think of the easiest way to get your thoughts out get out my head kate <laughs> but yes, I am because like there's so much about this movie. But first off, I just have to one compliment it for one. I think it fits in perfectly into the franchise. Like it's a, like obviously it's an adaptation and it's a new story. And we've talked about this as many times that we've talked about a- anime adaptations and like taking an original source and making a new story that hasn't been told before. And the thing I love about Lupin the Third, the franchise, is that there are many, many movies and many iterations of Lupin. And the thing that's great about it is if you can just make a good story, you cannot make a bad Lupin the third movie. Yeah. Like, as far as like, it just needs to be like a high stakes heist movie where all the characters play their role and none of the, and like, you know, none of them are like, you know, cheated out of like who they really are at their core. And this movie does, this movie does a good job of making sure like it highlights all the characters. It gives like, even though it's not like, I don't know how to put this. I, I, I don't want to go all over the place. But first impressions, let's just go with that. Because <laughs> I feel like that's easier for me. First impressions, animation-wise, loved it. Um, I was just very impressed. From the moment we first saw and heard about this film, I was very impressed with the animation style. Um, because if y'all know me, I don't care for CGI, some CGI anime. Specifically, Saint Seiya is an example of one that I hate. Yeah, the same say a remake is real bad. It's so bad and it looks choppy and, the, and it doesn't look fluid. And it just, it looks like you're watching someone do a playthrough of a video game with cheaper graphics. I don't know, it looks bad. And then we saw Dragon Quest, which I feel like Dragon Quest was a step up from Saint Seiya as far as like the characters' movements and the animation. And then we get to Loop on the Third, the first, and I'm just really blown away with like the animation all of it because I think they did a great job I do think I'm not gonna hold it to like my problems with Dragon Quest with the animation is just like the lip syncing didn't line up very badly honestly in a lot of scenes whereas like in this movie at least it's not bad it's not as no it's not noticeable unless you're really paying attention I also wonder if they did the same animation process that they did for Coco so in so Pixar's Coco they actually animated 
everything twice. They animated it once in Spanish and they animated it in English as well. So that no matter which voiceover you are watching, it would feel local to the dialogue um, and the animation. Um, so I wonder if because Lupin, and, and it, it probably won't be, but because I don't think they do that that much in anime, but it would be interesting because I didn't notice anything off at all when it came to the I didn't dubbing. either. I didn't, I didn't either until like, it was like some scenes where I think it's just, and this is just me from like having experience. Like, I think you can also like attest to this. Like if I were to watch the sub version versus the dub, but we watch the dub, I feel like we know like in a dub when they change the translation of it from what yeah. they probably meant in the sub. And there were just some parts where I'm like, this probably meant like the, like the translation, it's loosely translated here. But like, that's just me like, oh, I wonder like what the sub said. So I'm like interested to see the sub now to yeah. see like if the translations line up really well. And that's just like something interesting I like to do now when I watch a dub or a sub first, because I always find it interesting Yeah. how. So Kate, tell me what were your first impressions of this? So I kind of, we kind of talked a little bit when we did a review of the live action Lupin movie, which was really good. And everybody was hot in that movie. <laughs> Um, Everybody, even Zenigata. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, even Zenigata. I forgot about that. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, essentially, when I came to this one, like I'm not the hugest Lupin fan. Like I saw what was available on Tsunami. I've seen Castle and I've seen a few of the films, but Lupin never really hit me to where it was something that I consistently kept up with. So I would say coming into it, I very much came into it from like a, oh, cool, anime movie. Mm -hmm. um, which, and I say anime movie because this is probably the best adaptation I've seen CG-wise of anime style and, and of a very specific anime style because mm -hmm. the shapes of the eyes, the shapes of the faces, the bodies, all of it is exactly how it is in 2D, hand, like hand-drawn Lupin. Mm -hmm. but it's fully formed in, in 3D CG. And that is, I don't know how the hell they did it because it doesn't look weird. It, it does really good. Because like currently we're having this rise in blends of 2D and 3D, uh, 2D and CG. So if you look at something like mm -hmm. Beastars from um, Studio Orange um, and everything like that, it's very different from the traditional hand-drawn 2D stuff we get from Bones. And even MAPPA kind of goes into a, a little bit of the blending, but we're getting more and more CG, but this just feels different. Like I, I would say I've never seen an animation style like this at all, because even if you compare it to something like DreamWorks or, um, mm -hmm. or Pixar here in the States, it's just not that because if you take the CG picture of Lupin with the anime picture of Lupin, they're the same. It's, yeah. where's that meme? It's the same picture. <laughs> um, and so like, that's what I noticed right off the bat. And it's what got me really invested in it because I'm a sucker for beautiful animation. It's why I like Final Fantasy as a weeb because it's just pretty. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and well, I guess we can talk a little bit more about the animation later, but outside of that, I was wondering how out of my depth I would be because film number 100 of Lupin, would I have to know all of the other Lupin things? Right. And when I went into it, right off the bat, they do a really good job of telling you like the story just far and introducing each of the extended cast 
in a way that you understand them and you know them. And, and obviously like I, I knew who they were. I mean, I'm in love with Keegan. So like, here I am. Um, (laughs) 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 but, um, ultimately for somebody who doesn't have that much depth, I never once felt like I didn't know what was going on or like it would have been better if I had, had watched other things before it. Like, and I think because it's a completely original story, I think that this is going to be a film that brings in a whole host of brand new Lupin fans. Mm -hmm. And that's honestly something that I really love about it. Um, I don't feel like as someone who I would say like I've seen, I've tried to watch all the Lupin movies and I've watched all the Lupin the third series like the animated series that have come out as much as I can as they're available but it's like it's the, the best thing about Lupin the third the franchise is that I like this movie and then the franchise itself is like I think they do a great job of not making you feel like you have to go watch the first movie the first episode you don't have to have read the manga to understand like who these characters are like you said, like you said, Kate, like your introduction is through Toonami, like mine was, but like if you didn't keep up with the most recent animated series of Lupin the Third, you don't have to to enjoy this movie. You can really just come into it, enjoy the story for what it is, enjoy the characters as they're presented, and not feel like you need to know the deep in-depth history. Because it's like, and again, it's a heist movie. And I think it's like the great thing about heist movies is that they introduce and tell you who people are as the movie's going. You don't need, a good heist movie does not need to go into depth of, and about every character's background. Right? Yeah, exactly, because it's about the heist. It's right. about the heist. And like all you, like it, this movie hits that formula too, where it's like, each of these people are going to come together and here is what they do. And this is why they need to be on the team. And this is the heist. We're going to go real deep onto why this heist is important, what this heist is and them executing it. And yes. I think that that's such a phenomenal thing. Anisha, I know heists. You're all about heists. I love like, heist I- movies. <laughs> Just God, I don't know where it came from, but I love a good heist movie where it's like, I, I just, I think it has to have come from my love of Lupin the third. Like, but like, yeah. even like growing up, I think it's definitely like with my dad, like we like heist movies, but then there's also like, oh, what was it? Like the new anime that came out, um, Imposter. It's like, I can't remember what, Great Imposter. Oh, Uh, Great Pretender. Great Pretender. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that one's a great, like, oh, this is like a new generation of Loop of the Third. And I don't mean to say like, oh, it's like a copycat, because it's not, because you get a whole host of new characters Mm -hmm. and their own motivations, but it's like, they pull off a heist. Well, even Bebop too, like Bebop is very much inspired by heist and Mm Lupin when you think about it, when it comes down to character types and the way things are done. Like I would Faye is very much like Fujiko when you actually yeah. compare the two characters, both in physicality and also attitude and how they are. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think it, it all makes sense. And and I'm not saying and I'm not saying that like I don't love heist. I love a good heist movie. Right. Um, I'm just a little bit more particular of them. And mine came from watching Set It Off on TBS for the first time. Yes. And just like, oh my God, these women are pulling off a heist. That's probably actually, you know, that's it. Because definitely saw, set it off before I saw Lupin. Before I knew what Lupin was, there was Queen Latifah pulling off heist. Which, whoo, yep. that movie. So good. That, it is real good. Um, oh. And then, of course, like, I mean, I love Bebop. I, I, I think it was just one of the, I'm an animation, like, 
not I'm an animation person no like mm-hmm. I am very particular about the types of animation that I like watching Same. and if I don't like an animation style I'm not gonna watch it like I have not finished Dragon's Dogma because that animation's butt cheeks I'm sorry I know somebody probably spent so much time on that and more power to you but whew, I, I can't don't... do it it looks like a great story and it sounds like a great story. And people keep telling me you need to watch I've it. I've played the video game. I love the video game. That video game is one of my favorite Dang. RPGs of all time. That's harder than. I can't harder. sit through that. Like it, it. It's too choppy. It's like the, it's that one season of Berserk or like those Berserk movies that are all CGI. And I'm like, I can't watch this. I love yeah. Berserk, but I'm, and I love Guts, but I'm not going to yeah. watch him as a blocky t- 3D character walking around only the only anime i would say that is mastered this and this may just be because studio orange did it but b stars b stars is the only cg anime that i'm like give me more of it shovel it into my eye holes this is good agreed and i think like this is the standard like b stars and lupin the the third the first i'm I'm just gonna i'm for the rest of this we're just gonna refer y'all will know when i'm talking about lupin the character and lupin the movie so this movie the, that's the standard for me when it comes to CGI. Um, yeah. Dragon Quest is kind of there, but Beastars and Lupin do it much better. Yeah. Um, just because, like, I don't know, it feels more fluid. It doesn't feel blocky. For me, it's the hair. So, like, it. so this is kind of how I've also always judged, like, gaming graphics. If your hair looks good, yep. you did it right. So, mm-hmm. like, um, uh, like, Final Fantasy the hair in Final Fantasy. Like that is good detailing and good animation. And in Lupin, and and, and probably like my favorite thing right now, Baldur's Gate 3 is in early access. And you can see hair movement in tightly coiled hair and in loose hair. And Mm -hmm. that for me is like, yo, you put so much time in this animation, it works. In Lupin the third, the first, every texture of and there's not it's not like a wide variety of textures but like lupin's hair is a different texture than everybody else's yes you can see it move you can Mm -hmm. see it move you can see that it has depth and that is something for me that when i see an animation style and it's cg that's where i take note and this just excels it does it it, it exceeded It really exceeded my expectations for like animation wise. And like, yeah. you're right. Like back to what you were saying a little bit ago is like, if I hold up a picture of like what Lupin looks like and what the, what he looks like in this movie, they didn't have to alter anything. And there's been different character designs of Lupin from like various creators and artists who have t- taken it up for, you know, different iterations of it. And they're fine. They hold to like the core values of how he looks like or his core elements of how he looks. And I think that's how it should be. Because you can have different styles, but it's just something when like it's a different style of animation, but they nail how they look in this. It's just, it's so pretty. It's so pretty to look at. And I want a video game. I want a Nintendo, I specifically want a Nintendo Switch Lupin the third, the first video game. It would be amazing. Well, and I think like the other thing is too, is like, even though like, cause you didn't have to change anything is if you, have, if you look at our main cast, Zenigata, Gingen, Gomen, and Fujiko mm-hmm. and Lupin, their characters, like their hairstyles, their body types, and their, their like clothing styles are all extremely different. Oh, yeah. I guess Gomen, uh, or not Gomen, uh, Gigan and Zenigata, no, uh, 
Jigen and, and yeah, yeah, Jigen and and Zenigata are like kind of close because they both wear hats and yeah. like the same types of suits. But like when you look at the main cast, they're all so different. And if you look, there is a picture in the press materials that is out mm-hmm. online that you can actually look up. And it's a picture of them eating ramen and Jigen is pointed in and then uh, Goman is in the back and then mm-hmm. Lupin's on the side. And you can just see the difference of details between them. And yes. it's just good. Like this animation so good. is good. If you don't even like Lupin, I would say just watch this movie because of the animation. Right. Like that, like you can't hate on, I just like, I'm not gonna say I'm gonna fight anybody, but I will fight you if you say this animation is trash. Cause like I, I judge what you think is good animation then. Cause this is good. It exceeds expectations. Cause I'm sure like, like we said, there are bad CGI anime series out there. And it's unfortunate because like, I'm sure they have a great story. And like, if we were to give them the time, it'd be nice. But I'm like, if I don't like how it looks, I can't sit through it. Yeah, and a lot of that too, because I, I, I think, and I think the reason that a lot of the CG anime doesn't work is because they're trying to maintain that anime quality that is very 2D focused, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to facial structures. And I, I'm wondering if Monkey Punch's art style in the original Lupin designs and the, like, it, it's, Lupin is more round. Like, it, there's not yeah. a lot of harsh edges in the illustrations. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that made it a little bit easier to animate than like those pure, like what, like the stereotypical anime. And that's, I don't use stereotypical as a bad way, but you know, right. a lot of anime, especially when you look the nineties to and now it's Big very eyes, angular faces. Right. Yeah. Angular faces, like it, it, it's, it's very specific. And I think when it comes to doing that 3D, it gets a little bit hard, but, and I'll put a picture in the show notes. There's a really great picture of Lupin running where you can see that his hair is just textured the entire way. And yes. I, I can't get over it just cause it's, it's so good. It's so good. Um, and that's the thing because like Lupin's hair to Goemon's hair to Jigen and his suit, like, uh, I can't, I'm also, go I do oh, have yeah. to take a moment to talk about my girl Fujiko's boobs. Because they were done so well. They didn't have, they didn't have, so the reason I bring this up is because I am a Dead or Alive fan. I'm used to the boob jiggle. Boob jiggle is natural. We have it as ladies. It's fine. But a lot of the times when you see it in animation, it's excessive and it can really ruin it. That doesn't happen with Fujigo. Like it has just enough bounce without being pervy. And she looks damn good. Yes, I agree. It's just like, and let's just get into characters now because I feel like we've yes. talked about character design and animation because um, we could talk about it all day. But like characters-wise, so like, yeah, let's talk about Fujiko because Fujiko, literally love everything about her since she came onto the scene like with the original stuff. But like in this movie, and I feel like I have to stress this part for people who probably have not, if you are not familiar with Lupin the Third or like watching a Lupin the Third movie, you probably need to understand that like, this move if you can't I would not get upset if you don't see a lot of time with certain characters and I say that because Fujiko, Goemon, Jigen they work with Lupin but it's not about them they're there and they are a part of his team and they work with him but it's like so don't get upset if you're like I love Fujiko but she's barely in this she's in it and she plays a role same as Goemon and Jigen but like 
it is not about them. There's plenty of movies where it's about Fujiko or Goemon or Jigen and they are the central focus. And I feel like I have to say this because I don't want anyone to be like, I'm just going to say it. There's going to be people who are going to be like, oh, there wasn't enough time for the women. Like the, the women didn't have enough time. Uh, like I just, yeah. I, I feel it in I my bones. I mean, I, yeah. Even though Wendy is freaking badass. Wendy. Wendy. Leticia? No, is her name Wendy? Leti- Leticia. Leticia. Why did I call her Wendy? I was just like, who's Wendy? <laughs> Peter Pan. <laughs> Why did I call her Wendy? She looked like a Wendy. If she could be a Wendy. <laughs> yes, Leticia. Are you thinking about the chicken nugs? I have not had chicken nugs since lockdown, so <laughs> I'm blame that. But, no, and I'm like, that that's true because I like, but this is again on par for like a loop in the third movie. Like there's tip if it's not about Switcherco. There is a there is a heroine character who mm-hmm. like insert next to Lupin goes on an adventure with Lupin or Lupin helps out because it meets his goals or his objective or he's interested in her or like or you know, there's many reasons why he helps young women and it's not always creepy reasons. Also, she's not a teenager. No, I'm not going to go yeah, into deep details. She's a, she's an she's an adult and is getting ready for grad school. Adult. Yes. So. To, very, to be very clear, because again, we will do another problematic anime episode and Lupin is on the list because I understand it is problematic in some parts, but that's not on this episode. Lupin Anyways. is also based on 70s films and come, yeah. yeah, okay. We'll, we talked about, yeah, he's based we'll on 70s films. We'll shelve this. And, yeah. We're going to take okay. this. We're going to put it on the shelf and we will come back to it later. Yes. Yes. Next mini episode, mini anime episode. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it's going to come and people are going to complain about like, they didn't see enough women or female character times where like Lupin wasn't on the scene. But I'm like, I have to stress that y'all have to understand context. The movie is called Lupin the Third, the first. Lupin's going to have the most screen time, but like there, Fujiko is a great character. And I think they did a really good job with her in this movie. And she's a femme fatale. It is literally her job to be yes. a sex pot and scam men and she is empowered by it like clearly fujiko has agency the entire time Mm -hmm. and like this is i think i feel like for me and and i think in this one too like fujiko is like such an excellent example of like how to do a sexy character without sexualizing i'm not saying that like not saying lupin doesn't do that sometimes because fan service is a thing but there is a difference between creating a female character to be a sexual object and creating a female character who understands her sexuality as power. And that Fujigo is the latter of those, which is why I'm very happy she did not get a breast reduction because I was worried about that. Because it's a part of her character design. There are big breasted women that exist. It is very much an inside joke, or not even inside. Her name is Fujiko because Mount Fuji, y'all. It's a joke. It's a little, like, it's very clearly a joke. But it's like also. Also, Fujiko would kick your ass. Like, Fujiko is more dangerous than Lupin. She's very capable. And she's like so capable. So it's like when people are like, oh, she's the damsel in distress. I'm like, no, she's waiting. She waits for her opportunity. Fujiko is a damsel when she wants you to come to her and then she takes what she wants. And then she scams you and leaves you behind. Because that's what Fujiko do. That's his life. Oh, it is his life. And he loved that woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but yes, other characters. Other characters. Let's go on to Goemon, because I feel like we're going to spend the most time with Jigen and Lupin. I just have a feeling. And Leticia. 
So yeah, Goemon. I really like Goemon because he it's the same. Goemon's the same in almost everything. He's yeah. strong and silent type. And they <laughs> Goemon's Goemon. He doesn't do much. <laughs> he doesn't. He, he has, does much. He just doesn't say much. And he's yeah, like well, he's, he's he, a butt of a joke. Yeah, he has he has a lot of action a lot of action moments that are really really fun to watch animated. I think the animation team that worked on the the fight the the fight dynamics and the choreography in the scenes is extremely well done. Yeah. Um, so. It's yeah, that's all, I, that's all I gotta say. Yeah, and he has his little, he is a comic, comedic relief. Yep. So, and he does it well, and I like Goemon, but like, it's, Goemon's very simple to like. Um, then Zenigata, love Zenigata, did great. <laughs> very much as- The only man who'd show up in the middle of the desert. <laughs> that man, he's just never gonna catch Lupin. And I just nope. love it. I love it so much. That's the inside joke. But then it's like, it's, I do love how they always do this dynamic. I'm like, I never thought we'd team up. But like, y'all literally have teamed up several times and worked together to bring back, bring down a mutual enemy. But I'm like, it's like, it's a, it's a joke. It's like, I don't know. I'll get to it when we talk about Lupin and his like moral code and whatnot. But before we get into that, we want to tell you a little bit about our sponsor for this episode, Yowie Crate. Okay, so y'all know we love BL, and we talk about it just about on every episode. So, of course, we want to tell you about a subscription box made just for folks like us, Yowie Crate. Yowie Crate is a subscription box that offers 100% officially licensed BL merch, manga, and doujin with four to six items per box. And the best part is that it comes with exclusives that you can only get through Yowie Crate. Additionally, when you order yours, you get free shipping. And for international listeners, hi Trish, Yowie Crate offers both U.S. and international shipping options. Now is the time to get yours. Orders for Yowie Crate's November box are open right now. All you have to do to grab yours is head to yowiecrate.com. And come on, we wouldn't lead you wrong. Then from there, we have Leticia. Yeah, Leticia. Um, I like her a lot, and I I like her. Sad. I think it's kind of sad because you know if it's going to follow the formula like most Loop in the Third movies, we will never see her again. Yep. But you know, for a one-time heroine being next to Lupin and like being very capable, um, maybe a tad naive, but that's because she's young. So. Yeah, I, I mean, call it naive, honestly. No, I so I I think that she learns. What I like about her is that like she's not super capable at the beginning, but right. she has her intelligence. And so right. essentially like we see her kind of be a damsel in a way sometimes, mm-hmm. but after those instances she learns from them and implements those learnings to be more capable, which is what I like because it's a Yes. I, I think what she does, especially in Lupin, is like these characters have been around for decades. Like yeah. there's really no growth for these characters and there doesn't have to be because That's it's ice-based. Like right. they, they just exist, which is perfectly fine. Right. But to add some arc and, and depth to the movie, you need a character that can grow. And that's what Leticia offers. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I'm actually having, I'm having to struggle to say Leticia and not Leticia. Um, because I know like three Leticias. I'm trying to not say Leticia. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like Leticia, Leticia. Oh, God. Uh, but yes, I like her though. Cultures coming together. 
<laughs> I read Letitia. To mispronounce a name. <laughs> of a French woman, right? She's French. A, yeah, she's French. Yeah, which I guess, yeah, the movie takes place in France. I don't think we need to go into too much details because like y'all should go see this. It starts in France and it's globe trotting. I will say it what is. I loved about this movie was it is a pure adventure movie too. Yes. Like it's not just a heist. It's a freaking adventure movie. That's literally like, what I'm writing in my review is like one yes, of my favorite things. It's like, it's, it is an adventure. It is high. Like stage. Indiana Jones and like the last crusade adventure. Yes. They also so get to fight Nazis here, which is cool. That Yes, which I always think is cool about Lupin the Third. It's like, they always be like, no, nah, we don't fuck with Nazis. <laughs> but... Yeah, and I, I, I just want to add to like what you said because like, yeah, don't go to this movie looking for character growth. Just go looking at it for good characters because that's what it delivers. And that's what I liked about it. Like, Leticia is a good character. She's a good heroine for this movie. And it's like, like I said, like I wouldn't even call it naive now that I think about it. It is, it is simply that she is young and she is learned. And, but like once she learns something, she applies it and she's smart and she's capable. Uh, I just, I really like her. Um, but yeah, let's get into Jigen and then right into Lupin because. Oh, I did not know Ooh. that Jigen could be the hotter, but he is. I get they to see my man. I got to see my man without a hat. Mm. Mm. They did not have That's to draw mm. Jigen. They didn't just mm, good. Um, but for real, they did not have to make Jigen this hot. And it's like, it's not that he ain't hot in other series. But like this one, especially you get to see both eyes. You get to see the hair. God, it's so good. It's hot, man. Oh, God, he is just a hot archetype of a character. Like for me, that is the loyal right hand man to like the leader in a heist. Like she can like exudes loyalty, but also like he don't give a damn. I don't I don't know how to describe it. It's. I just love him so much. Mm. Like yeah. Kate said, mm, I just, just, mm. the swagger. Just, mm. it's, it's so I'm good. not going to lie, Zenny God is kind of hot in this too. And oh, I don't know is. why. He I'm just is. like, what'd y'all do? 3D just like automatically bump up the sex appeal? I think so. I think it's also just like a thing where it's like, I can very, I can very clearly pinpoint like 1970s. Zenny God is a himbo. Oh, he is a himbo. <laughs> That's it. That's what it is. Zenigata is a himbo. Zenigata is a himbo. That I apologize for breaking is. all of our listeners' eardrums, but it just hit me that <laughs> Zenigata is a himbo, and that's it vital information. The way he always gets like puffed chest around the young damsel or the young woman who pleads for help. I'm like, he's such a himbo. And how he always like lets Lupin go by trusting him to come back. <laughs> okay Lupin we'll work together and I'm gonna capture you guys <laughs> okay pops oh do you know there's there's co- fan comics of Lupin and Zenigata together yes I believe it yeah I'm not gonna lie it's it's caused me did you did you know that there's vegan. did you know that there's a a brand pesto statue of uh of Lupin the first the third in his suit Yes, and I'm upset that I can't find it in stores or in stock anywhere. <laughs> I'm very upset. And with the hat and the cane. Yep. Yes. 
That one apparently came out before the movie. They did not tell us in the United States about it, though, unless we were paying attention. Nisha's okay. ass is going to move to Japan just to get Lupin shit. I've looked on online for eBay. I've looked on eBay, and I'm not paying $92 for that thing, but I want it. Sorry, I got a little heated. But I want that statue. It's not fair that it's limited release. Huh. But now, let's get on to Lupin. God, I don't know. Again, I think in the last few years, I've realized I'm attracted to Lupin. But this movie, it's just something about this movie where I'm like, damn, Lupin is attractive. And it's just like, it's because they really do a good job for me of like really getting everything that is Lupin right. Like that is about this character right in this movie. Like from his swagger, his charm, him being funny, him just being goofy. It's, it's, it, it just works so well. And you don't have to change, because like an important thing for people to know is that Lupin originally, like in the manga, he's like a scoundrel. Like he, like he, he's a straight scoundrel. He's a womanizer. And you know, it wasn't really until like, and I'm going to write a piece about this because I think people should know this and it's very interesting and it addresses all the problematic things about Lupin. But like Kate said, it was written in the 70s. They made him a scoundrel, damn near a rapist. Um, but now Lupin is really transformed into just like, he's still a bit of womanizer. He flirts with women, but he also is just like this, not a hero here, but a hero. But like, is it chaotic neutral? I don't know. You're muted. <laughs> yeah, it would probably be chaotic neutral. Like okay. he serves to maintain the, he's not moving things one way or the other. Okay. And he does it for himself. Right. And it's like he does have a moral compass and like a sense of what is right and wrong. And I think that's something that like I I love I'm finding that I really like characters like that. The ones who don't describe themselves as heroes, but they do what's right when they feel called upon it. It's like that's why I think I'm really enjoying One Piece. Luffy and Zoro don't consider themselves heroes, but they will step in to save people who are in danger. And I'm like, I like this. I like this character type, but I'm not going to go down my one piece rabbit hole this episode. So what are, what are your thoughts on Lupin? I found him very attractive and I have never found Lupin. I understand that we're just talking about how these characters are attractive and not really their information <laughs> in the movie. But like, I feel like that's why y'all listen to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> it's it's ten percent talking about why we're attracted to characters. It girl is more than that. Fifty percent. <laughs> no, I found him extremely attractive, and it was weird. And I think a lot of it just has to do with his personality, because I do think mm-hmm. like watching older Lupin, it's very much like, oh, this guy is kind of creepy, um, which is fine. So like, I don't, I'm. I know people get mad about it on Twitter, but like, seriously, like things, you can't judge something by 2019 that come out by the 70s. Now, if you keep re- repeating those 70s things in 2019, rip it to freaking shreds. But you have to understand, especially in a franchise as long as this, how those things have developed. And I think that they've really transformed Lupin into the pure gentleman thief. Like he's somebody who is charismatic. He's somebody who's attractive and romantic. Mm-hmm. And he's still somebody who is going to center himself, which like mm-hmm. that, that's just what happens when you're a thief. And I think that that's just, 
it's just well executed in the movie because there's mm-hmm. a lot of time that he spends talking to Lithi, uh, talking to Letitia, uh, <laughs> um, talking to her and kind of like giving more information about himself and why he is the way he is mm-hmm. that you get to understand the character not necessarily in a different way but more you yes. get to understand the character more and mm-hmm. that is one of the most beautiful things for me at least I agree and I'm glad you brought that up because that kind of like helps me segue into like a big part of like why I like this movie is like And I I might have to look up the definition of it, but when I say romantic, I don't mean like the, like love. I don't think that like Lupin is a romantic when it comes to like adventure and mystery and like the world, like the world around him. Like, so like, it's like, uh, I think like, that's how I would describe it. And like, like romantic, not like in the love way, but like romantic, like when people say romantic at heart, like that kind of stuff. Tell me if I'm butchering it. (laughs) I don't know. Um, I just, I think that's how I look at Lupin. Like he is enthralled with passion for like adventure and mystery and intrigue. Like, and he like goes and he does what he wants, but it's like very much like you get to see more of that in this film because it's not about him getting the girl. It is very much about him going on this adventure and pulling off this heist. Um, and I, I love that about Lupin. I love that the movie does show a bit more about that because it's some, it's some, it's some line where he's like, thieving in this, is in my blood and I love it. And that's who I am. And th- it's a part of me. And it's like, and it's, he takes pride in being a thief. He's not ashamed in being a thief. He, he has no shame. He does, he has no need to be ashamed about being a thief. He is, he literally announces when he's going to steal something because he is proud of what he is going to do. And he's proud to hold the name that his grandfather had. And he's proud to carry on the legacy of being a gentleman thief. And I think that's something that like, I think is very good. Like, I think that's like an element about Lupin that when it's done well, I have to applaud it. And that's what I like about it because it does kind of like, it connects to like him and his family. Like this film talks about, he like they talk a little bit about his grandfather and like the film is connected to his grandfather. And like, obviously, for y'all who don't know, Lupin, the, Lupin, I, I'm going to screw the French name, but Lupin's grandfather was basically, I can't, is it, Ar, I can't, Arsene, Arsene, I, Arsene? I, 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 I think, yeah, Arsene. Arsene. So Lupin Arsene is, I mean, my uh, ass is saying Leticia, so like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know, I don't speak French, but like, anyways, that character is a fiction, it's an actual fictional character, and it's based on these books. And they're great books. Like at the time, like people like they would write like, well, they had to change the name, but like because the Colin Dolan didn't like it. But like they did a Lupin versus Sherlock story. But like Colin Dolan, that's amazing. The guy was so mad that they had to name it to like it was like Herlock Sholmes. They had to change the name. I love that. Right, but would you not love a Sherlock Holmes versus Lupin? book that would be I would great. that would that's, be amazing right that's, that's like the best that's putting both of those characters on their best game yeah. like it's so good. but that's why case closed where it's the iteration where the little boy is like his name is Conan detective Conan goes they have a movie or OVA like multiple OVAs where him and Lupin go head to head and I think it is awesome and I just can't find it 
anywhere. But sorry, I digress. I feel like I don't even know how I got here. Oh yeah, I was talking about this. Is a, this is a why Nisha loves Lupin episode. It is. It really is. But it is so good. And I'm like that. But sorry to get back on track. I love that this movie like like adds a little bit of like Lupin's history and like shows why he's proud to be a thief and he has no shame in what he does because it really does show a good a great part of him being like he is a romantic for like worldly things not out of greed not out of like this like that he wants to be rich because Lupin is rich (laughs) he he's a thief because he's proud to be a thief to carry on the legacy that his grandfather had he's proud to like do the heist that his grandfather failed at because he wants to like carry on the name and that's nice because you even you even hear him at towards the end of the film when he utters like like I did it grandfather I'm like that's nice it's just really nice to see that now I'll shut up so Kate can talk <laughs> no I thought the grandfather connection was probably one of the most adorable pieces because it does a lot to humanize Lupin mm-hmm. which I think is like the most important part because I think when it comes to heist and everything like that I think it's really easy to see them as kind of like not criminal. necessarily just the heights. No, no, not criminal, but like mm. they're just there. Like they like heist characters and like con men, like there's a lot to them that they just kind of exist to fulfill the action, right? They exist right. to do the heist. And so I think when you add in different elements that humanize them, that's where you end up with really good heist stories. And I think that that's where, that's where Lupin shines is where you see those elements of his character that kind of exist outside the heist Mm-hmm. Or explain how he got to where he got, essentially. Right. Um, but I really liked it. And, like, the supernatural elements of all of this stuff is phenomenal. So I have to, so my main question coming into this, because I'm not super well-versed in Lupin, was does Lupin do, like, crazy stuff all the time? Yes. Okay. It's the best thing. So, like, I feel, there is a movie called, like, uh, Take Me Back to Babylon. Where like literally there is a golden pyramid buried under Manhattan that belongs to angels, where it's actually aliens who come back to get it and Lupin figures out the mystery and they come and get the giant gold temple that's underneath Manhattan, New York, and it's floating across the city. That is just one example of the insane things. There is one where an AI computer nearly takes over the world like Skynet and Lupin has to stop it from happening. And it's because of Jigen's possible child is the one who can help stop it from happening by playing the piano because the, the AI only responds to a certain key. Sorry, like, like that's like, a, I'm butchering the, the summaries, but like, just to give y'all a taste, like the thing about Lupin the Third is that like, they will just like make the heist, the, they make the heist, the stakes for the heist go higher and higher. And it, and it works. It doesn't have to be a grounded heist. Like, I think the live action we saw was a very grounded version of the heist. But there's, like, they do things with, like, you know, this one, it includes some Nazis. Some have included, like, other secret dark organizations, um, apocalypse machines. They have the treasure in this movie. Or do we want to give that spoiler? So, I want to give the spoiler... Because it just shows the height, like why it's kind of like ridiculous. I would, I would give, I would give the spoiler. If you don't want to hear it, you can check out right here. Yes, check out. Come back in like five minutes. But like the the treasure that they're looking for with the Brisson diary is like actually a weapon that they thought was a treasure from like a civilization from long ago, 
And they have to go through like an Indiana Jones-esque adventure and trials to get to it that involves some floating magical orbs in a very prehistoric cave and all that. But like the weapon is a a mini black hole generator. And I'm just like, yeah, this is so high stakes, but I'm not questioning any of this because this, I totally buy it in Lupin the Third. Like, I just, I completely buy it. And like, it, it's because like, yeah, no, the, the the high stakes are a great part of it. But like, yeah, to answer your question simply, this is this is like the crazy normal shit. It is all crazy off. shit. It's it all, crazy. all crazy shit. There's like so many episodes I could name off where like, there's some like, there's a there's the Pink Panther diamond that transforms into a, an actual Pink Panther in the moonlight. Like that's an ep- like, there's like, there's a ton of them. But I think that's like part of the charm of the, of Lupin is that the stakes get higher and crazier and the adventures get even wilder. So yeah, yeah it's great. I mean, and I will say, I hate this animation style for one reason. That's because they make the villain very hot too. <laughs> Is that a? Is that a? Is that that I hate it because I don't want to like a Nazi, Nisha. Yeah, he's a Nazi. No, I know. Yeah, and he's really hot, and I hate it. It's just his haircut. If his haircut wasn't that nice, I think that's what it is. Because like three members of BTS now have an undercut, and I'm like, oh, oh, that's all it is. See, you don't think he's hot? It's his hair that makes him hot. But yeah, no, he's a Nazi. So he's a Nazi. (laughs) But, you do get to see Lupin take down Nazis, and that's yes, all that matters. Lupin saying Nazis lose. It's just yep. like, <laughs> thank you, thank you, Lupin, for saying white supremacy can't win. Um, but oh, since we're gonna talk about the villains, the one thing that I did not like, and it it pains me to say this because I I would say this movie is perfect otherwise. You have the villain, I guess. Like, what's it called when he's not the true villain and he's like the secondary villain? There's a term for it. Um, darn it. I'm just going to look up his name. I'll cut it out. Okay. The one thing I did not like about this was Professor Lambert. Um, he is the scientist that is working with the Germans because he was with them before. And basically, he's a sham. He loses. He, yeah. First off, he is the reason that Letitia's family's good. He then adopts her after a few years. Um, Which I couldn't like, tell if it was guilt or no, I wasn't guilt. So he could use her, and that's the thing. It's like I don't like this trope in in storytelling when it happens, but it's I don't I can't say the trope, but basically he adopts her because he plans to use her to one day access the Bresson diary. Because another spoiler, Letitia is the granddaughter, the real granddaughter of Professor Bresson, who was the creator of the diary. And I'm not going to give any other spoilers because the deeper spoilers are even better than what we've already said. But anywho, so he adopts her with the plan to literally use her all her life. And like he even like plagiarizes, he takes her work and plagiarizes her, plagiarizes it, use it for, uses it for his own gain and all this other stuff. So, you know, he has this jealousy because he's not as good as her and like, oh, she's better than him is what I should say. And she's so young. And he's yeah. by that. But what makes me more mad is when films do this with villains, and it's that you see the villain mistreat the character, then specifically him saying that he's her granddaughter, that he's her, he's her grandfather. He talks to her terribly throughout, like, you useless child. Like, 
this girl believes you to be her only living family. You call her useless. You say she's not ready for things. He makes her doubt herself. All, all her self-doubt stems from him. And then when he decides that he's going to betray the Germans, which in my brain, I'm just like, it's not adding up. Like if you're going to betray the Germans, you should have killed off the dude who was in the room with you first before yep. you claimed that you were going to take yep. so like, I just feel like the execution of the dynamic of the power shift with, the, with him trying to seize power was off. It felt rushed. Because I'm like, if you really were going to take control, you would have killed that dude first and then you would have taken control completely. So that didn't work out. That, that just felt like weird pacing for me. Then he, Letitia is put in danger and she's about to like, he's about, she's about to get shot and he steps in front and takes the bullet for her. So he, he sacrifices himself for her. I just don't like when villains sacrifice themselves for somebody as a way to absolve them of every bad thing they've done. Because it doesn't feel genuine when it's not done right. And in this movie, I just don't believe that he actually cared for her on that level. Like he mistreat. There's we don't we only see one moment when she's like a toddler and he adopts her, and he looks at her kindly. We don't get any flashbacks of him like having you know tender moments of teaching her or caring for her. We only see him using her as a tool, which you know it makes me think of you know Thanos and Gamora. Like you never intend, you never really love this child. You love what this child could do for you. So, or like, they're not your, you know, I don't know. I just didn't like that execution. She's an object to him. And then at the very end, they try to make it seem like there was an actual bond despite never showing it ever. So yeah, I I agree. It's, it, it, it it does like that trope. Yeah, it does. Like if they had dropped hints that he did actually care for her throughout the movie, it wouldn't Mm -hmm. have fallen into that. Let's absolve the bad guy by making him like sacrifice. Right, exactly. Because I'm like, I would have bought the self-sacrificing and him actually caring for her if we had at least one flashback of them actually showing they had a tender, loving bond as grandfather and granddaughter. But we don't see that, so I don't buy it. Um, even when like his intentions of not letting her go to Boston College and like him threatening to like expose her as a thief and everything, I'm like. This man does not love her. He would let her go. He would not want her to be a part of like mass destruction. Like he wants to control her and he he wants to keep her small. So it's like, I don't buy it. I just don't buy any of it. So yeah, I didn't like it. I didn't like that. I didn't like that part of it. And I think it, after he's out the way, I won't, we can, we can skip that part. Cause I think that's stuff that y'all should see because it's really fun. And again, more Lupin shenanigans. But that's honestly the only hang up I have about this film is that I did not like how they were, how they did the whole villain sacrifices themselves. So they're not that bad now. Yeah, I think, I feel like the pacing may be a little off, but it not enough to like really call out. So yeah, I would say that that's really the only bad Oh bad, quote unquote bad. Like it, it's yes. not movie wrecking. Um, you know, it doesn't it's ruin just, the movie at yeah. all. It's just kind of off. Yes. And I think, yeah, I think it's more of a pacing issue then if I think about it. And then like, and it's just because like, I don't buy it. Like I don't believe it. So maybe I think it's just like, yeah, the pacing, it just felt like y'all rushed this exchange to happen. 
when I don't know what goes into movie production, but I can honestly say I just did not like the execution of that. But besides, it doesn't ruin the movie though. I'm trying to think if there are any other reasons. Because I want to find more critiques because I feel like this is a movie that I would critique I more, but I just don't have them. Like, I just think this is a genuinely good movie. And I th- I also think that like this type of like fun adventure movie mm-hmm. is what we need right now. Yes. Like, I don't need anything super heavy. And like we said earlier, I get to see Lupin say the Nazis lose. So mm-hmm. like, that's all so- I need. I feel like, and that's where I'm struggling with it also a little, not like I'm looking for things to be bad with it, but it is just like, it is a fun adventure movie. It is a solid movie. Even if you are not well-versed in Lupin or familiar with it at all, I think people could go into it and enjoy it for being a fun adventure heist anime movie. And it it, it can just be that simple. Um, like, I love how they weave in things from the series as far as like the music, the musical score, like the music is very reminiscent of the music that they play in different interludes in the anime series. Like, I just like how they, this fits really well into the loop in the third franchise. And it's not done in a way where I think it, it, it just is, it's done effortlessly. Like, I think that uh, I can't think of anything like as beyond like the villain sacrificing themselves as like what else I can critique for like what I didn't like about it. I mean, part of me wanted to critique Leticia's shorts, but then I'm also, she just looked cute. (laughs) She just looks super cute. She does. She just looks like an archaeologist. She She does. I'm like, that's what I would wear to go adventuring. Right. And I, oh, I, I guess we could talk about this. It's like, I would say this is pretty family friendly. Yeah. Yeah, like, actually, this is really family friend- friendly mm-hmm. compared it's, to other Lupin things. Yeah, like I would not let a child watch a Lupin the Third show, but I would let them watch this movie. Also, it is very much like what Hayao Miyazaki did with Count of Cagliostro. It makes me think of like a lot of people, like, so fun fact, Count of Cagliostro got a lot of bad reception after when it first came out because people were only really familiar with Lupin from the 19th, like from the, um, from the manga. So I can't, I'm not 100% sure if Kanakagloster was the first anime version of Lupin, but I think he, like, that was the first time a lot of people saw Lupin the third, and it's Hayao Miyazaki. He doesn't really sexualize women. (laughs) And, you know, so like, that's one thing, and he makes strong female heroine characters. So a lot of people critiqued him because they felt like that he made Lupin seem like a hero. And they're like, Lupin's not a hero. But the thing that he did do Lupin is that they showed, he, I think he humanized Lupin. So similar to like what we said, this movie, it shines a light on Lupin's humanity and it humanizes him because you see more of his motivations and why he loves to be a thief. Whereas Mm -hmm. like, you know, if you were to read the manga, you could clearly see like, he's just a scoundrel who's a thief. Um, Yeah. And, and I think that that's the difference too. Like you can humanize a character without making them a hero. Yes, 
Exactly, because he he's he, a hero. Horikoshi did that to Shigaraki. He humanized that evil ass villain and did not make him a hero. You still yes. wanted to give baby Shigaraki a hug, and you still want your baby boy Deku to kill him at the end. It's just how I hope you do. <laughs> that's just that. That's how it works. And I and it and this is in both. It doesn't exactly. Uh, I'm glad you knew what I meant by that. It doesn't have yeah. to be one or the other. Like you exactly, can look, I can have sympathy for baby Shigaraki, and I can also look at adult Shigaraki. I'm like, oh no, he got to die. Mm-hmm. Has to die. It's the only way to end that man. It's not because people are so quick to be like, well, it's black and white. Either he's a hero, or he's not. I'm like, no. The good thing, the, the good thing about Lupin, New and like I'll say aunt. this. Thank you, Nuance. And it's just, I like when we can have complex heroes in an anime yeah. store in an anime who are like who don't see themselves as the heroes but they step up when a challenge arises and they you know they call they arise to the occasion like lupin has saved the world multiple times but he will not take credit for saving the world he'll take credit for stealing something he will not take credit for saving <laughs> the world because it just so happened to coincide with him doing a heist so, yeah. uh, because I guess, oh God, yeah, Lupin saved the world in this. I just realized that. Yep. But he didn't care. He just went on to the next heist afterwards, which is why right. it's Lupin and why it's great. Like, how do you go from like stopping a black hole generator, falling in the hands of Nazis, to like, all right, it's time to move on to the next heist. Bye. <laughs> oh, I just love it so much. Yeah. I, and, I, I, and I think that that's the thing. Like Lupin doesn't think about the next good thing he can do. He's just like, oh, I wasn't an asshole because these other people were bigger assholes. Yep. I want to live my life a crime still. And yep. I think that, that 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 nuance and his ability to kind of be apathetic towards his world-saving deeds is actually something that's really compelling and works really well. Right. Exactly. Because like Lupin has a moral compass of somewhat, but that doesn't mean that doesn't stop him from being a thief. Yep. But I feel like we've said all that we can say. I mean, I know I could talk about this. I'm like, you haven't, but I have. (laughs) It's hard because I'm like, I don't ever like just plainly saying like something is perfect. And I've already given my one critique on this thing because I'm like, I'm really trying. Like, I'm not like blinded with loop and goggles. Like, I really do think this is a great movie and it does a great job and it fits well into the Lupin franchise. And I think this is great. It's a new way to bring in a new generation of Lupin the Third fans, who like, and also, oh, the last part I can talk about, the dedication to Monkey Punch at the end. Yeah. That is when my eyes got a little watery. Because for those of you who don't know, Monkey Punch, the creator of Lupin the Third, died, sadly, before the release of this film in Japan. And, you know, I was kind of surprised at myself when I got kind of choked up when I found out about his death. And I think it's just because, like, I've always loved Lupin the Third. And I don't know, it's like, I, I, I don't even want to like utter any of my favorite creators right now because I'm, I'm superstitious as hell. Um, but it's like, I think I, you feel that attachment to a character and the creator that gave you something, but it's the dedication at the end that says, based on, I'm summarizing, like he said, I'm glad to see Lupin go on more and new adventures and share that with the world. And I'm like, he wants Lupin to go on after him. 
And yeah. I think that's the greatest gift any creator can give people is that he wants to continue to share those stories with people. And he he's happy to have those stories continue to be told. Yeah. And so. I think that that's honestly one of the things that we're going to have to confront as we look at some of these longer running anime and series, right? Like it's mm-hmm. something that we're going to have to see that torch handed off. And it it's something that worries me about Akira Toriyama and Dragon yeah. Ball. Um, yeah. I'm very much worried about it because like you see him loosen the reins and some stuff, but he's very involved. And like One Piece, now I'm starting to worry about One Piece. Or Berserk. See, now I'm just thinking of them all. I, think about <laughs> many, <laughs> I stress out every time I hear that Miyamura is like in the hospital. I stress out so much. Because I'm like, the movie, the story can't be told without him. But I think it is something where like, you know, people, these creators have people that they trust to continue the story onward. And I think that's just like something that's very beautiful when you have a team that you trust for the story to continue without you being there. <sighs> Sorry, I think I took over what you're saying about the Toriyama because then no, I started <laughs> that's fine. I mean, it is just something you have to see, but I do think for for the bulk of it, it is, it, it's great to see. It, it's great. For me, it kind of feels like a nod to the fans who were worried about it going into somebody else's hands that aren't his. Right. Um, and everything like that. So I don't know. I think this was good. I loved it. So my final thoughts, which we should totally move into now because yes. this has gone on very long, yeah. is that whether you're a Lupin fan now, whether you were a Lupin fan back in Toonami days, or whether you've never heard of it, Lupin the Third, the First is definitely worth the watch as soon as you can get it in a safe manner. I'm not going to tell you to go to a theater. But as soon as you can get it in a safe way, I definitely think you should watch it. I'm going to say ditto on that. Um, Yeah, if you don't feel comfortable going to theaters, just wait a while till you can rent it or purchase it. But just, you know, support this movie safely. And I, yeah, Kate said it perfectly. If you are not familiar with Lupin, if you're an old fan, if you are not familiar with it at all, Really, I think it's a great movie to come into the Loop in the Third franchise. And then it, it, it could pique your interest to want to know more about these characters. Um, and especially if you love heist movies. It's a great heist movies. Uh, movies. It's a great heist movie. So, God, I just love it so much. It, it exceeded my expectations as a Lupin fan. So. Yeah. Huh, with that, that brings us so close. So... You want to tell, tell them where they can find you? Yes, you can find me at Oh My Myth Randier on Twitter. And you can make me sing a song if you date. Donate $50 to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital at stjude.org slash but why though? Oh, yeah. and you should also totally donate to our Patreon if you want to. Patreon.com slash but why though as well. B-U-T-W-H-Y-T-H. Oh, you can hear me and Nisha talk about smutty manga in our in our mini podcast called Manga Trash. Could we just like add a section to that or like do a, a bonus episode for Manga Trash where we just talk about why we're attracted to characters? That's Certain fine. Characters? Yes. <laughs> I'm just looking for any excuse to talk about Jugan. I can talk Lisa. about how I want Dobby to put his foot in my back. 
You're going to burn alive, <laughs> ma'am. <laughs> you think I care. That's the funny thing. <laughs> I, I, I know. I know you don't care. <laughs> it's fine. That's the same reason I want Broadway to slam me into a wall. Um, <laughs> and with that, Nisha, where can our listeners find you for this wholesome, wholesome show? Uh, for this wholesome show, yeah. Y'all, y'all can find me at on Twitter and on Instagram at Nisha Plays, N-E-Y-S-H-A-P-L-A-Y-S. New name, same same account where I do and post more cosplay stuff. And yeah, if you would also be so kind to donate to stjude.org forward slash but why though, for $15, I'll eat nasty candy corn. And we're almost to our goal of getting me and Kate to do the Chica dance in cosplay. So, I'm, a t- I'm Toga, I'm Himiko Toga. If you're not following me on Twitter, I got it. She is, and you make, you make a very cute Toga. I Yay. am going to be Deku. So it's going to be fun. <laughs> um, but with that, oh, and also go follow us on Twitter. Go follow our account. It's at, at D-Y-H-T underscore pod. Um, yes. Come engage with us, communicate with us, talk about anime. We love talking about, with people about anime. And, oh, sorry, one last plug. Please go check out the Guardian video that I was recently featured on. We talked about Black characters in anime and the representation. I... It was beautifully done by the person who created it. And I'm just very proud of the of like every all the people who were featured in it. And it needs more love because it's been getting a lot of hate on the thumbs down on YouTube, which I'm not surprised because people don't want to talk about racism in anime, but you know, it's a thing. But I'm very proud of that video and it's awesome. So now with that. Will Kate and I ever figure out why we are attracted to Lupin? Will Kate ever like an anime man who isn't un- unredeemably evil? <laughs> the answer to that is no. Um, <laughs> and will you go watch Lupin the Third the First? Find out next time. Or did you have to? Bye. Did You Have To is co-produced by Kate Sanchez and Lanisha Campbell. Our intro is done by Dr. Emery Stephen Daniel. And our outro and intro music is by Benjamin Tissot, a.k.a. Ben Sound. <laughs>